This is Firepower, only at Bandog Video. And now, your host, Will Johnson. Good evening, it is Friday. Friday evening. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Bandot video, bandot video. Okay, so look, the Democrats want to explode President Trump. I mean, they're willing to do everything they can to get rid of him. They hate this man beyond belief. And just imagine, they hate President Trump, and he's just a single man. I don't think there's anyone been in the history, next to Alex Jones, of course, that everyone has hated someone so much, President Trump. All right. Okay. Every single person should be concerned about what the Democrats are going to do next. I mean, seriously, should be concerned after witness, witness and another witness. And the Democrats have come completely up. They have come up completely short on a valid reason on impeaching President Trump for about a year. I've been saying what the Democrats are doing against President Trump is a coup d'etat. And many people are just saying, Will, you're fear-mongering. It's not actually happening. It's not actually happening. But now we even have members of Congress saying this is a coup d'etat against President Trump. Members, sitting members today are saying the same thing. And because the Democrats are not getting anywhere, I can only imagine how frustrated they feel right now. You can see a lot of that frustration in Adam Shifty Shift in the recent closing on the impeachment hearings. Did you see it? I mean, he was angry. I mean, I thought, you know, that's the, that's the most expression I've seen from him. Other than that, he just had those beady eyes just looking at the camera or looking at the clock when everyone was talking. But he is absolutely upset and he's angry about what took place because they have nothing. The liberal media is now pressuring members of Congress to go ahead and move forward. Let's do the impeachment articles of impeachment. Do it, do it, do it. Say, yes, President Trump, you have been impeached in the house. That's what they're pushing for. That's what they want. And they have all of the people half, at least half the people in the country that are liberals, Democrats, they're all calling for impeachment as well. And of course, we will be discussing all of this. We also have some fantastic guests. Excuse us while we have a brief technical difficulty, some fantastic guests. Savannah Hernandez, producer for The War Room, was confronted at a recent event. She got some great videos with the left showing exactly how nonsensical their worldview is. After that great show, tons of guests tonight, we have Chris Ann Hall coming on with us. Following that, we'll have Gene Ho. It sounds like Will may want to continue his monologue, though. But please, please stay tuned. We're going to have some fantastic guests. And then taking your calls in the second hour. Sounds like maybe we do not have him back. I thought I heard him. So there he is. I hear him. I, I know you're now? there, Will. We can hear okay. you. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened there. It's just like all of a sudden it just went dark. You know what it is? <laughs> it's the NSA, the CIA, the FBI. They don't want us to talk about what we're going to talk about tonight. They don't want us to talk about the impeachment, Tom. They don't want any of that to take place. <laughs> All right. So let me, so let me just finish here. So because of the Democrat failure in this whole process, uh, it leads me to believe that the coup is going to become hot. I mean, I truly believe that. I truly believe because they have come up with zero, not a zip 
They have nothing else. The Democrats are so frustrated. They're so angry right now. They don't even know why they want to impeach President Trump. It's just because they just simply don't like him. That's it. That's all. We don't like Trump, so he's got to go. Mainly because they're still butthurt over the 2016 election against Hillary Rodden Clinton. That's what it all boils down to. They still feel that she should have been president. Thank God she's not. All right, so when we come back, we're going to have a special guest in studio with us. And we're going to show how some of these crazy, insane leftists are about this whole impeachment process and how they feel about all of it. Okay, so go to Band.Video and go to Firepower News and share the link. Band.Video. We're going to make sure we have the audio correct when we come back. All right, we'll see you in a minute. Band.Video. Band.Video. That is make America white again. And all his policies and what he does kind of backs that up. That that's what he's looking to do. He's trying to um, take the immigration population and uh, diminish it and diminish the people. So at this time in Obama's presidency, he had way more deportations than Trump has had. What did you think about it back then when Obama was deporting all of them? Follow politics, and I and I have to say that that's the one good thing for me that came out of all this over the past three years. I didn't follow politics. It wasn't important to me, but when I saw what was going on three years ago in this person, and I saw the hate that he had. Will you denounce Obama for putting kids in cages and deporting illegal immigrants? I didn't follow politics. Will you denounce Obama for putting kids in cages and... Uh, probably didn't do it to the extent that goes on now. It's, you're right, it's double than what Trump is doing. And there's a lot more behind Trump that goes on. It's, well, it's, will you denounce Obama for putting kids in cages and deporting illegal immigrants? Would I what? Would you denounce Obama for putting kids in cages and deporting illegal immigrants? I would not denounce him. He probably didn't do it to the extent that it's being done now. He did it double. Oh, double. I don't, I don't know, but I wouldn't denounce him because he was... Um, his character, it, he's just, he was a gentleman. So it's okay to deport people as long as you're a good person? It isn't okay, but this person has has many things against him. Everything about him is just corrupt. There's, so they, okay, welcome everyone, firepowernews.com. We have Savannah in studio with us, and we have Tom Pepper on Skype. So Savannah, um, tell us, I mean, she, she came out just saying that he's trying to make uh, America white. I heard her say that. And then they went on. She just had no valid reason why Trump should be removed. And and then she didn't want to answer the question about the immigration with Obama because Obama did double, you know, and she just would not didn't want to acknowledge it. Definitely. It was crazy because, I mean, you were out there too, Will, and you were talking to all those protesters and asking them, hey, you know, just give us one reason why you don't like the president, just one main thing, and no one could seem to give us an answer, and you're completely right in that. Of course, it always goes back to Trump is a racist, he's trying to deport people because he doesn't, he wants America to be solely a a white nation. However, again, they fail to realize that Obama did the exact same thing as did previous presidents, and for some reason, um, I guess no one really does have a memory anymore nowadays because no one remembers that for some reason. Well, she was saying that she didn't even pay attention to politics during that time. She said, well, I didn't pay attention to it, so I'm giving Obama an excuse. Right. And then she tried to bring up his character, too. Oh, well, he was a good president. He had a better character, so it was still wrong, but I'm not going to denounce him for it. And I was like, well, if you're here protesting Trump for that reason, you should at least be okay with denouncing, you know, Obama for doing the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Tom, do you want to jump in here? 
So Savannah, thanks for coming on with such short notice. And you really honed in on something important that none of them, at least none that you put out on video, I'm sure you didn't, you're not holding out the goods on us, but nobody that you interviewed was able to say anything bad about President Trump. I wonder if we can go ahead and do clip two, where you've got a, a litany of people and none of them can pick out a single thing they dislike about Trump. They just know orange man bad. What's the biggest thing that Trump has said? What is the biggest action he's taken that's really pushed you to want to come protest? Uh, the, the count, the list is endless. I, I don't think I could come up with a single one. Can you give me one specific thing that he's done? What's the biggest thing to you specifically that he's done? No. Um, just, it's, it's from day one, he was just an evil, uh, evil mother. Um, well, of course, I'm going to make America great and that he's going to bring jobs. And that he's taking care of everybody and that... Wait, so one of the worst things that he oh, said no, no, is... No, no, those are the worst things. And also that um, when he said that uh, he was going to help the people from Syria and he never did, I thought that was one of the worst things ever. Just his entire person. The persona that he is. Everything about him. Just to me. Yes, everything about him. He just lies. Everything he does is... What's one of the biggest lies that really angered you? Uh, Michael, do you have something? It starts from the time he is, he is inaugurated, you know, all the way from the crowd size, all the way to, uh, you know, oh, it's a perfect phone call, what he's saying now with his, uh, with his phone calls. It's, 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 Did you read the transcript? Uh, no, I didn't read the transcript, but I listened to the, I listened to, I've been following it on the news. What is one of the most divisive things that Trump has said to you that really pushed you to want to come protest today? Uh... I can't think right now. <laughs> no, just one thing, just one big thing that Trump did. Babe, answer that. Answer, answer that. Answer that. Answer that. Answer that. Maybe another exit. Let's go. Let's go. No. Yes, let's go. Just one thing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And again, they could have at least been like, he's racist, he's a misogynist, he he hates women. They couldn't even think of that. I mean, those are your basic talking points, too. And for for some reason, like, people and then the women, too, kept turning to their men like, oh, uh, honey, you answered that one, which made me laugh because I was like, I'm sorry. I thought this was feminist 2019 where women were supposed to speak for themselves. Why are you turning to your man right now? Exactly. Exactly. Um I mean, you know, I saw the same thing. I asked someone to say, give me one example uh, that would make a valid reason for Trump to be, uh, to be impeached. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't give me one. And then we said, well, you know, he's just bad. Orange man bad. You know, this, I let Tom, Tom keeps reminding of us. Orange man bad. Right. And my, the second lady that I interviewed, and I'm still baffled by this. I don't know if maybe my question was phrased confusingly. But, you know, what's the worst thing that Trump's ever said? He's going to make America great again. He's going to bring jobs back. <laughs> That's the worst thing. I was like, no, 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 the worst thing. She and she doubles down. She's like, yes, that is the worst thing. And I was like, yeah, more jobs for the country, more black people working, more women in power in positions of power, more women getting better paying jobs. Yeah, I don't know. And that's the problem. And that's the problem. And it was truly bizarre. I mean, that's, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm watching and I'm like, how many of these women are going to turn to the man next to them? Which, of course, looks they get the, all those men look like they have been completely uh, eroded by soy over the last decade or so of their lives. Um, but then, I mean, it gets better because those were kind of fun, lighthearted, showing how clueless these people are. But then you were actually attacked. So let's go ahead. And if it's all right with you, Will, let's go ahead and roll clip three. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think they, they want to talk to us. But here's... All right. Why do you think that's okay to touch my property? Why is it okay to touch my property? Huh? You think you're so big and bad? Ripping out my microphone? 
It's not nice no to Trump. you. No Trump. No KKK. No fascist USA. Yeah, I agree. What you just did was no fascist. KKK, no fascist USA. No, no fascist USA. No you know what fascism no is? Fascist it's silencing people. It's no Trump. No KKK. No fascist USA. So now they're running no into me. I'm not moving. No KKK. Why are you yeah, in there you go. Hey. You're in my way. Am I in your way? Because you're in my way. No, I'm standing here. No, you're putting your sign over me. I'm standing right here. No Trump. No KKK. No fascist. Yeah, don't touch me. Go through the same chant every single time. This guy right here with the shades on. That guy, he is violent because when I was out there, I was just standing there and they came up behind me and he was elbowing me in the back. He's really violent. He's really angry. And again, I went to go and I stood there and I was like, you know what? If you're going to rip out my microphone cord, we're going to have a problem and I'm going to confront you about it. Because first off, I'm a woman and I was not doing anything. I wasn't like I was there, you know, using my First Amendment rights. And I was asking him, hey, what are we doing here today? You're with Antifa. Let me know about your organization. You're anti-fascist. I can stand behind that. Yeah, we shouldn't silence anybody. And then what happens? He immediately like grabs my microphone. Mm -hmm. They start wrapping me up in their sign. And they're like, don't touch us. Don't touch us. And I'm like, ma'am, sir, you are bumping me. You are touching me. I don't want to touch you. I promise. Get away from me. Yeah. You know, that's their motto, though. I mean, when they don't have any valid argument on anything, they just go right into their chant. And then they become violent. Like I said, that guy, he was elbowing me in in my back. And I wasn't even, I didn't even know he was there. And I've seen him before someplace. I can't re- put my finger on it, but I've seen him someplace else. And he was violent there. He's, he's always just, you know, very will, nasty. And the thing that frustrates nasty. me too is that the day that a person in a Trump hat tries to defend themselves, that little clip of them defending themselves against Antifa is what the media is going to carry to try to oppose all oh, yeah. Trump's support. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're going to cut out everything there. else. And they'll just show the part where the Trump supporter is defending themselves. Mm-hmm, exactly. And they'll say, look, this is the Trump supporters. This is crazy. Definitely. I agree. And I think that's why a lot of people won't defend themselves. I mean, we've seen Caitlin Bennett get attacked by Antifa. Uh, Owen Schroyer has been assaulted by them as well many times. And again, it's like we, we, we're defenseless. The police aren't going to take care of us. And if we defend ourselves, we're the ones that are going to be bad if that little clip gets out. Because, again, false editing. Yeah, exactly. But, see, that's how they get people not to show up to these events. Because they, they're they trying to intimidate people. And, they try, and they're violent towards people. And in most cases, like you said, conservatives don't want to go out because they don't want to be really attacked by these monsters. I mean, hey, thanks for coming on with me. Thanks for having me, Will. It's Thank awesome you so footage. much, Tom, as well. Yeah, awesome footage. All right, everybody. Thanks we'll be me, back man. after this. Band.video. Go to Band.video. See you in a minute. The case for impeachment has never been stronger. The evidence never so riveting after yesterday's explosive testimony. Kicking off what promises to be another explosive week in the impeachment inquiry. Uh, we're bracing for potentially an explosive opening statement. Those are some of the fireworks from today's explosive testimony. Another explosive day of testimony. High stakes heading into a potentially explosive week of testimony. The most explosive thing. This is a slow motion explosion. Major breaking news right now. The explosive, truly explosive opening remarks. I I can't emphasize how explosive this is. How explosive. Very explosive. And I think it will be explosive. Wow. The first day of public testimony in the impeachment 
inquiry opening with a bombshell. We got the bombshell. Yesterday was a bombshell. This has to be one of those bombshell days. A, a bombshell. And it was bombshell testimony. Bombshells. One bombshell after another. Bombshell after bombshell. Stunning testimony. The, the stunning conversation he heard. It was stunning. It was historic. Like it started small and now everyone's running, screaming no, like it, like, you know, apocalypse now. That was an oh, you know what moment for Republicans. Now, a few hours later from the bombshell being detonated. The fuse was lit then. The bomb went off today, but it wasn't the only bomb that went off. There's been a bombshell. I would say nearly every nearly every witness has yeah. delivered some sort of bombshell. Here's the other bombshell today. Fiona Hill. I mean, that was I know we keep saying bombshell, but it is Fiona Hill who is the bomb. She's going to drop a bombshell. The bombshell. Bombshell. Following breaking news as another round of explosive impeachment testimony. The most explosive information that we have to date. It was um, so explosive. There was a big bombshell. Obviously, uh, uh, this is a bombshell. This is a bombshell. Bombshell. Bombshell? Bombshell, obviously. What do you think, Paul? It's certainly a bombshell. So we have these things that keep getting called bombshells. It's a very explosive charge. I don't think we can overemphasize. This could be very, very explosive. I mean... That covers it. <laughs> that covers uh, everything. Listen, today was explosive. I know, you know, we say that. Wow. This is insane. A very explosive. Very explosive, right? Everything's explosive. The Democrats want to explode President Trump, like I said. They have an agenda to remove President Trump. They are, it's almost like, it's like Tom is, they're, they're, everything that they have been attempting to do has just fall, has just fallen apart, fell apart. Nothing's sticking together. They take the noodle and they throw it up against the cabinet. Is it sticking? No, it just falls right off. It doesn't even, doesn't even appear to stick. It just bounces off like it's a rubber ball. Nothing is holding. They're attempting to try to demolish this president for their own agenda. And they still hate it. They still hate him. And, you know, I mentioned earlier, I said, you know, he's like the most hated person on the planet as of right now. The most hated on the planet is going to be Christ, right? Because you have the left, they all hate Christ for the most part because they support everything of Satan. But, they are 100% against everything that is good. Then they hate President Trump. Then they hate Alex Jones. And then they hate anyone that wants to get in between good. They hate you as well. All right, so we have another video. Do we have Tom? I'm here, Will. Oh, there he is. I was actually just doing some quick math. For those playing at home, that was, of course, the media panicking. And so that was 20 explosions, 29 bombshells, and three stunnings. I, it's amazing, Will, how the left manages every single week to get their narrative, every single day, every single moment, every single second to get their narrative totally together. It's explosive. It's a bombshell. It's stunning. It's historic. When, of course, the people who actually tuned in, you know, the million or so people across the entire country, 350 million people, the one million who actually tuned in and wound up tuning out, they certainly disagreed. Anybody who actually paid attention knows that it was a snooze fest and a total exhaustion. 
exoneration for President Trump. But again, that's 20 explosions, 29 bombshells, and three examples of stunningness. It's just the Democrats and their allies in the media never cease to uh, bore me to sleep, I guess is the right word. You know what? That, and that's probably just the number that uh, that was recorded. I'm pretty, can you imagine how many times they said it off camera or how many times it's been said on social media and, you know, CNN and MS uh, Criminal News Network and MSDNC? All of them say the same thing. They have like they all get the same memo. And that probably is not even including all of the smaller uh, leftist media outlets that's doing the same thing. Just want to get rid of President Trump. Why, Tom, you know what? I've, I've never asked you a question. Uh, and let me ask you a question. You know, we've been, we've been doing this for, for three, maybe four months now, you know, for a while, right? So why do you think, what do you, what do you think the ultimate goal is for the left to do this coup d'etat against President Trump? And I'm calling it a coup d'etat because, I mean, they're, that's what it is, what, the way I see it. But why do you think they'll be so aggressive? Because never before have they ever gone after a president like this. Why do you think President Trump is so important that they get rid of? Well, President Trump is the first president that they have not been able to control. Of course, the GOP establishment, the rhinos, the cuckservatives, whatever you want to call them, they've been able to sink a little bit of control into President Trump, but not like President Bush and not like President Obama. I mean, every president going back 50 plus years, all the way back to JFK, they have all been the same exact president. It's a different suit. It's a different tie. It's a different face, but they're all basically the same. Ronald Reagan desperately tried to do some good things and a lot of folks say that he nearly died as a result to say he was nearly murdered. So President Trump has, is not under their control. He is not their puppet. He makes mistakes. He doesn't do everything we want him to do. This is true. But the one thing you can say about the man is that he makes up his own mind. He makes his own decisions. He is America first. So they want him gone. And if they can get him gone today, that's better. If they can get him gone in 2020, that's still okay. If they can just wait this presidency out and have eight years of America first and then undo that, hopefully with the next socialist or somebody who's going to make AOC look like she's in the centers, who I imagine they're going to bring in 2024, then they'll do that. I mean, but that is, that's what it comes down to. They have no control over President Trump. He's doing what is best for this country. He's doing what he wants. He makes his own decisions. They have no leverage on him. They have no ability to con, manipulate, or coerce him to do anything and it is driving them absolutely bonkers it's driving them nutty batty <laughs> all of the above and as long as i've been paying attention to politics and long as i've been looking at it I, you know i always thought that okay they you you run someone on a campaign you get someone there and then once you get them there then they're supposed to do the the job of the people for the people but and, and if you didn't win, you're supposed to find someone who's going to go out and beat the person that they ran the last time. I mean, that's the way it's supposed to go. Right. I mean, it happened under what the first time I saw, like the biggest conflict in my lifetime was when they had the hanging chads, when it was Bush against Al Gore. And I remember that and in Florida, they had all these hanging chads. And at that point, I thought I was a Democrat. Thank God I'm not anymore. But I thought it was just wrong. But you know what? They went on, they moved on, and then the next year, they tried the next uh, political season, they tried to get someone better. They failed again. But you have to get someone better. But in this case, they just want to get rid of them. 
They just want to get rid of them. They don't care about anything else. Just get rid of them. All right, we'll be back after this. Will Johnson. All right, welcome back, everybody. We are working with a light crew tonight, but you know what? The guys are awesome in there, and we're working out technical issues, but you know what? We're going to keep pushing forward because we have to keep pushing forward. You, we get knocked down, and we get back up and keep going. That's what it's all about. Okay, so we have a special guest that's coming on with us. She's This young lady has been on, on with us before. Phenomenal. I can't even express it enough. Phenomenal. Chris Ann Hall is a national speaker and consultant on the Constitution. She is the founder of Liberty First University, former Russian linguist for the U.S. Army and former prosecutor for the state of Florida. Chris Ann has practiced First Amendment laws and traveled the country teaching the fundamental principles of liberty and our constitutional republic. She's the author. She's also the author of six books on the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Thank you, Ms. Hall, for joining us again. So excited to have you here. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm 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 just really excited. You guys are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. So, you know, I said, um, what a perfect person to bring on to talk about what's happening on the hill with this whole impeachment process. And it's what they're, what the direction they're taking the country is, is something that our children should not have to experience. And it's just, to me, it's just, it's horrible. Well, you know, I sort of rolled my eyes when you talked about the impeachment process. This isn't even anything remotely related to an impeachment process as the drafters of our constitution envisioned. And the the fact that the media is all out there to manipulate people and to, to create a narrative rather than engaging in fact finding, I think uh, is evidenced by the video that you guys played earlier with all the, the clips of the, you know, the same lines and the Explosive. same explosive, I actually just flew from Baltimore, Maryland to Seattle, Washington. I was on an airplane for five and a half hours and I was watching airplane TV. And so I was rolling between uh, Fox News, MSNBC and CNN. And even on Fox News, I mean, I'm just switching one, two, three, one, two, three. I'm hearing the same language over and over again. The only difference was if you listen to Fox, the Republicans are winning. If you listen to the other two (laughs) stations, the Democrats are winning. But it's the same narrative over and over and over again. And the thing that really struck me, Will, is that nobody, nobody is accurately portraying the Constitution, the way the impeachment process is supposed to be working, what are the drafters and the ratifiers of our Constitution even envisioned. And the one thing, and just 
who makes my head explode is I'm watching all of these wonking heads talk about the Federalist Papers, this and Alexander Hamilton and Federalist 69. Uh, you know, he actually said that impeachment should be for whatever Congress wants it to be. And it's a political function. You know what? I don't know if these people are just functionally illiterate or if they have <laughs> some kind of confidence that the American people will never, ever go back and actually read Hamilton in Federal 69 and discover that they're lying to us and that they're doing this, you know, they're portraying this, this, I'll give them a benefit of the doubt, this inaccuracy intentionally, because there is absolutely nothing in the foundation of our documents that gives Congress the unfettered authority to invent this process as they're going along. I mean, think about it. What in heaven's name were they thinking to actually put the impeachment process in specific terms, in writing, in the Constitution, if nowadays we think, you know, it's whatever you want? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is, uh, that was a perfect, perfect synopsis of what's been going on. One of the things these talking, and by the way, thank you again for coming back on, but one of the things these talking heads have been going on about, and I, we later learned it's been focus tested, is the term bribe, bribery. They found a word in the Constitution, you see, that they think they can use to impeach President Trump. So was, the, is this an example, this phone call, we now have the transcript, is this an example of bribery? Is this an example of something, anything in the Constitution? Constitution that the founders said we're not supposed to see a president engaged in. You know, what I, what I find very interesting, right, is the majority of these people who are now throwing around the Constitution, its terms and throwing around the ha the, the Federalist Papers and the founders nine and a half times out of ten. The only words coming out of their mouth about the Constitution are denigrating it. The only words coming out of their mouth about the founders is actually hatred. And so it's really hypocritical that now they're going to go in and sort of cherry pick their way through this. Our founders were very specific. Uh, treason, uh, bribery, high crimes, and misdemeanors. These are all criminal terms. And that's what they're doing. They're redefining these terms to fit their narrative. This is, this is an impeachment looking, an investigation looking for a crime, not the other <laughs> way around. And so what we have under criminal terms, you know, I was a prosecutor for uh, over a decade and I've, you know, been practicing and been involved with reading legal cases for, for Wow, I think nearly 20 years now. This does not fall under any terms of bribery. And what I find interesting is that if they want to apply this terminology to Donald Trump, why aren't they willing to apply that same terminology, right? That same definition, but on even, I will give them even a stricter scale on representatives on the House floor. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the frontline video of John Boehner when he was he was a young congressman and he did this interview about how he personally accepted checks from the tobacco industry and then handed out those checks to members of the House on the House floor 
right before the House was about to vote on legislation <laughs> that would affect the tobacco wow. industry. So when we want to talk about bribery, right, when we have a clear example, an active House member doing a journalistic interview on public television, mm. I mean, seriously, taking a check from the tobacco companies when you're about to actually vote on the legislation that wow. would affect the tobacco companies. I don't know how you can get beyond bribery. And then if you want to now define, see what they want to do, quid pro quo, quid, quid pro quo. Well, Boehner's example is, you know, I mean, that's just flat out bribery. I don't even think you can mince those terms. But then you got, you got Biden in a, a CFR, right? You guys love the CFR. Everybody loves the CFR. <laughs> As a C, in a CFR conference on stage, laughing and yucking it up and bragging about his quid pro quo threatening to withhold funding to the Ukraine unless they fire a prosecutor. So, uh, you know what? They want to reinvent terms. Then they got to be willing to understand what's good for the goose is good for the gander. You know what it comes down to? It comes down to that the Democrats can break laws and or the establishment. Let me say it that way. The establishment can break laws. They can make these under the table deals. And in the case, John Brandon, over the table deals. And they can do all of these deals and it's okay as long as you go along with the establishment. Now, someone like President Trump, like Tom was mentioning earlier, that if you go against the establishment, you're not being controlled by the establishment and you want to try to do something that's going to benefit the American people, then you're a problem. Then you're breaking the law because you're not going along with what they want. As long as you go along with what they want, then you're fine. You can break any law that you want. This is. You know, for, for, for them to do this constantly. And we've seen it before. And most of us, I know when I was younger, we would always say politicians lie. Politicians are crook. We will all make jokes about it. But yet we're seeing it and we're just like supposed to be, okay, this is just the norm. These are politicians. This is the way they're supposed to act. Okay. So when we come back, we're going to talk to Ms. Hall some more about the Constitution and this impeachment, but that, this <laughs> impeachment hoax. <laughs> we'll be back after this. Welcome back to Firepower. I am Tom Papper, co-hosting with Will Johnson. Our guest is Chris Ann Hall. You, of course, know her as the founder of Liberty First University, an online school that will teach you all about the Constitution as the founders actually wrote it, a novel concept. You can also catch her show. She is at chrisannhall.com, chrisannhall.com. So, Chrisann, you were talking about kind of the insanity surrounding this impeachment push, how none of it goes back to the Constitution, how these people who are now quoting the Constitution, I guess they're all constitutional scholars, uh, all of them typically, if they say the C word, it's to disparage it. Um, and you mentioned, of course, President Trump, there is nothing criminal in anything he's done. So I have to ask you, being that we've now dropped the Constitution, We've dropped all pretense of law and order. How do you think this is going to end for President Trump? 
Well, you know, I, I think you have to you have to have a little bit of forethought into thinking what is what is the purpose of what they're doing, right? So the purpose is to try Donald Trump in the court of public opinion before the election, and to put to 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 really slander him, to 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 libel his name, and to fill the minds of an unsuspecting, unknowledgeable, uneducated people. And I don't, and, and notice I'm not saying stupid, I'm just saying uneducated. They're educated on all the wrong things and, and educated, how many people do you know that just simply watch the news and believe what they hear on the news and never once go beyond that to, to think for themselves? And so we have a population here, okay, so the, the, the left's never going to vote for Donald Trump, no matter what we have. And then then you have a, a good segment of the population that's always going to vote for Trump. So you have these people in the middle, these people in the middle who who statistically are the ones that just simply are not engaged. They don't go beyond what they hear from the news. And these are the people that this impeachment fiasco is trying to manipulate. And and they don't have personal experience with the law. They don't have this personal experience with the Constitution. Because remember, we don't even teach the Constitution in law school anymore, much much less K through 12 or even, you know, in, in post-secondary school. So we are in a situation where we're dealing with a, a general population that are fundamentally uneducated on the Constitution, what it means. And when they are educated on the Constitution, you know, they, they believe the rhetoric that the Constitution was written by a bunch of rich, elite, white slave owners mm. whose only mm. purpose for independence was so that they could continue slavery. And so we have the these people who are being intentionally manipulated by a people who, if you don't mind me saying, just simply want to uh, take over the election process. I completely I mean, believe that. Oh, sorry, me, go ahead, Will. Oh, I was, let me ask you. Let me ask you this because this is this has been the thing that I've noticed that the left has been pushing hearsay. Now, <laughs> put it back on the screen. Put all three of us back on the screen, please, sir. Hearsay. They, they, they say, uh, hearsay is now, uh, more factual than getting it directly from the horse's mouth. So I can, you know, I can say something or someone can come tell me something and then I tell you and you have to believe it. Did you ever think, I mean, and I, I'm still thinking about what you just said. They're not even teaching the constitution in, in law school anymore. That just blows my mind there. But, um, did you ever think that hearsay would become more factual, <laughs> if I can even say that, or you know, of yeah, of value than than actual facts? I mean, this is well, when you live in a world where the the media and those in power, the real cabal behind all of this, uh, is teaching the world to believe that good is evil and evil is good. You know, I mean, this people talk about 1984. Orwell was not a prophet, but he understood human nature and he understood history and he knew the mechanisms of those in power to steal the rights and liberties of the people. And he just simply applied them in, in the realm of of futuristic science fiction. Uh, you know, I, this is what really, really concerns me. And this is something that if I could, if I could have a shout from the rooftops moment, I would wish that people could understand 
that what is happening to Donald Trump right now, because we've seen no evidence of any crime. Look, let me just be on the record here, because I want to know if my president uh, engaged in treason. I want to know if he engaged in bribery. I want to know if he's guilty of high crimes or misdemeanors. I want to know these things. But we're not being allowed to know these things. There's not even a real investigation. And what we're seeing here, uh, my greatest fear, is not just simply what's having happening to Donald Trump, but that there is a standard being set across America. And this is actually and realistically jeopardizing due process for all of America. You've mm. got an entire population of people believing what these congressional ignoramuses are feeding us. And if they can convince the entire population that due process is not a valuable thing for the president of the United States, that hearsay and the court of public opinion is actually more reliable than a jury of our peers, there is a huge threat to the liberty and the due process and the property of every single human being in America. We have devolved at this point. If the American people actually believe what we're being fed, we are being, we are devolved into a banana republic where we are ruled by a democracy of 400 and, you know, 435, where the majority in the House of Representatives Actually, not just simply the whole House of Representatives, but the majority in the House of Representatives now dictates the rule of law in America. And that's exactly why our founders put the Constitution in writing to protect us from that kind of dis despotism. Mm. Powerful, powerful, powerful. I mean, that is, uh, yeah, I could not have said that any better, maybe not without the years of education and experience that you have. So let's kind of talk about that a little bit more. We've seen now twice, once with the Mueller report where they said uh, they could not find evidence that President Trump was guilty of obstruction, but they couldn't exonerate him either. So basically he's guilty until proven innocent. And then now we've seen the same exact thing with this uh, impeachment, whatever you want to call it, where they would not allow him to face his accuser, this supposedly anonymous whistleblower, Eric Sierra So can you explain how on earth does this work? Is it true that the president just doesn't have the same rights that we do? Or is this, again, just running roughshod over thousands of years of legal systems coming together to create what we have today? Well, you're absolutely right. We're we're running roughshod over hundreds, centuries of of understanding about the rights of the people. The whole ridiculous nature of the Mueller investigation. Uh, I we couldn't uh, we couldn't find anything to prove him guilty, but we couldn't exonerate him either. And the fact that we what we have is a situation now where we have actually set a precedent on a on a societal level, right, that guilty until proven innocent is now the standard. And I want to just simply say all of this goes back to the lack of education of the American people in understanding simple civics, due process, the judicial system. I mean, if we are going to retain our individual rights, our properties, our liberties, we're going to have to have a revolution of the minds of the people of America to be restored to these principles.
Think about this. You have American people who actually believe that the Mueller investigation came to a legitimate conclusion. Anybody who knows anything about civics and due process knows that it's not the job of the investigator to prove guilt or to exonerate. The standard is not even guilt or innocence. It's beyond a reasonable doubt. Mm. And so if you can't prove somebody guilty, then they are not guilty. Yeah, but you know what? The the Democrats can't be exonerated is not the standard. Exactly. But the Democrats have already convicted. President Trump. He's already guilty without even any evidence. He was guilty from he was guilty three years ago and and they're still looking for something. So I thank you so much again for coming on with us. We run out of time so quick when you come on. We're going to have to bring you on for a longer segment, most definitely in the future. I I really do appreciate you taking time coming out with us. So uh, tell everyone how they can connect with you. Well, I'm on Instagram, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on YouTube, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, and all you have to do is search chrisannhall.com, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, and we'd love to disciple you on the content. Thank you, thank you. We'll be right back, everybody. Are you suggesting that white people are the problem? White people are absolutely 100% the problem. Absolutely 100%. <laughs> yes, yes. That stuff you've been taught about your community is not true. It is 100% true. How do I know? Oh, so you know more about my community than I do. Yes, I do. Look at that. You're the white person. You know more about the black community than I do. Yes, I do. Baltimore, the black side of Baltimore. What did he say about that? Did he say, the, well, what he said about Baltimore is that black people don't have to live in these conditions. And when Elijah Cummings was here, mm-hmm. Elijah Cummings got upset because that's his district. I don't think it had anything to do with race. It was just talking about it was even even Elijah Cummings even admitted that the place was rat infested. Do you think, why do you think black people are disproportionately incarcerated and poor and unhoused in this country? Why do you think? Why do I think? Mm-hmm. Because there was a policy put in by the Democrats to when LBJ came into place. Said that he'll have LBJ? every. Listen, I'm, I'm, you asked me the question. Asked I'm telling you. Right. You're right. I'm, when LBJ it. came into power, mm-hmm. he said that he'll have every N-word voting Democrat within the 200 years. He did it in 60, and the way he did that, he told black people mm-hmm. that they would get certain benefits. Mm-hmm. And that's where the ghettos came. That's where the projects came into play. Welfare came into play. Mm-hmm. So a lot of black people started getting stuff, and then it made a condition: remove the father from the household, and then you will get all of these things. And that's exactly what took place. So once you remove the father from the household, what happens in the community? So you think Lyndon Johnson removed black fathers from their household? No, they put policy, no, the Democrats put policies in place mm-hmm. to tell black women you can get government assistance as long as you don't have a black father in the household. How long was Lyndon Johnson president? Those t- poli- but those policies are still oh, in place. Really? Under Nixon? The, the, those policies are still in place today. But I don't, well, I totally disagree that, that the fathers were taken out of home. I think most black fathers are very devoted and do everything they can to care for their children. But if we're honest with ourselves, we'll admit that too many fathers are also missing. Too many fathers are MIA. Too many fathers are AWOL, missing from too many lives and too many homes. 
They've abandoned their responsibilities. They're acting like boys instead of men. Why do you think white people outnumber black people 10 to 1? Well, because black people were brought here by force and, and enslaved. I'm not saying you're talking about the racial difference 10 to 1. The reason why is because there's, they, Democrats push a policy to tell black women that it's good health care for you to abort your child. No, that's a lie, actually. So you kill them now, kill them later. If that's the case, spreading so much racist rhetoric, I'm very sad. Really, I'm the one spreading it. Yes, you are. But it's the Democrats that's been putting policies against black people forever. And now we have President Trump, where more black people are working in this country than ever in the history. But he's the racist one. That doesn't. He's not doing a really good job at it. It is 100% true. And how do I know? Oh, so you know more about my community than I do. I do. Yes, I do. Look at that. Yes, I do. You're the white person. You know more about the black community than I do. Yes, I do. I mean, it's kind of sad, but it's true. Oh, it's sad. So I should believe what you're saying, and I should go along with what you're saying, other you than what the facts are. some black people who are proud to be black people and happy and proud of their history and community. Are you suggesting I'm not proud to be black? I am saying that, yeah. You're yeah. saying that. Why am I not proud to be black? Because you've been blaming black people for, for their own poverty and incarceration. It's black people should be responsible for their own actions. It's pretty hard. I guess you could have said that when they were enslaved, too. Right? No, I we, mean, can, we can blame Democrats for that. So, so why... White people have all the power and privilege in this country. Why are you so determined to lift up white people? For no, Christ's I want to lift up Americans. Know? That's in that the problem? Because the establishment has all of us fighting with one another. We should be lifting up Americans, regardless if we agree or disagree. I agree we should be lifting up each other as Americans, regardless of race. But I think that when a group of people are in a really unfortunate situation, those who have more power need to look at themselves and say, what are we doing to perpetuate this? And what can we do for our neighbors? Who are who are less privileged? Who've been shut out of, of prosperity for so many? So are you are you suggesting that white people are the problem? White people are absolutely hundred percent the problem. Absolutely hundred <laughs> percent. Yes, yes. White racism is the problem. Is a better way to put. White male supremacy is the problem. Yes. Like to address our star witness, ma'am. You said you have a connection to the president. Would you describe that? So my friend Becky said that her ex-boyfriend, sister Joe, was into this guy Rick, who turned out to be a total creep. But anyway, his best friend's dad's business partner used to work at Trump Towers. I guess his manager's boss's supervisor spoke to Trump a lot. And Becky said that he said that he said that he said that he said that Trump said if he was ever in the Oval Office, he would totally commit crimes. <gasps> Straight from the source, folks, Trump is in big trouble. What do these bombshell accusations mean for the future of the Trump administration? Let's go to our expert panel for discussion. Oh, golly, it looks like it means he's getting impeached as heck. But only time will tell. The real bombshells are expected to drop with the next star witness? Trump's advisor's cousin's stepsister's ex-boyfriend who said he overheard a conversation between his ex-girlfriend and her stepsister about her cousin's time in the Trump administration? <laughs> the Trump administration. The only thing I would have changed on that video, it was so accurate, but the only thing I would have changed on it was where they had MS, I think they had MS, uh, NSC or something. I would have put MSDNC. I mean, that's what I would have put on there. So anyways, we have a guest and you probably saw a quick picture there. This young man 
Absolutely awesome young man. Gene Ho, he's an American photographer and he, you know, he was Trump's photographer in 2016. Uh, he wrote a book after being pre uh, President Trump's photographer in 2016 and we're going to bring him on now and talk about how the impeachment and, and everything else that is related to attacking President Trump because you, sir, know President Trump. I, you've had firsthand conversations, so we actually have someone on with us tonight that's actually had firsthand conversation with the president. <laughs> Trumpography. Trumpography. You can go check it out, get his book. Absolutely awesome information. The truth that the media, the liberal media will never allow you to hear. Thank you for being with us, sir. Oh, thank you very much for having me back. Always great as always. Yes, absolutely. So welcome back again. Um, so tell me, you, you see this impeachment hearing going on and you see how they're attacking President Trump and you know that, uh, let me, let me do it this way. I was watching, uh, the Criminal News Network and they were talking about how, uh, I guess Holmes could hear Trump on the phone from Sutherland. When Trump talks on the telephone, does, is he always loud and, you know, screaming on the phone or does he just talk like normal people do? He is a normal person. And like all of this is total junk. All of this impeachment stuff. I mean, how do people not, not see what's going on? It's incredible. I, I think most folks, uh, if they're not paying attention, that's about the only way they can't see what's going on. So, I mean, surely you guys must have seen this coming in a way all the way back in 2016 that the left just wasn't going to give up. But I'm just curious for your personal take on this. We've now had this impeachment hearing where you, you have basically had what we showed in that clip happening in real life. Uh, that's barely an exaggeration. Um, the, the media is going absolutely rabid saying we've got proof now it's all over it's explosive it's a bombshell it's stunning so what are your thoughts as somebody who worked on the campaign worked one-on-one -on -one with the president and now you see folks trying to destroy everything he's accomplished well let me tell you something because i have inside information of things that happened to me i was one of the few people that were subpoenaed in relationship to Trump. So I understand what this subpoena, what it's all about. If I can explain to you what a subpoena really is, they tell you and they say, they give you, serve you with papers and it's a subpoena. This is what happens next. They said to me, we want every communication that you had with the Trump organization, with the Trump campaign, and you have to deliver it. And then I'll tell you what happens next. Then you have to get go through a deposition, and then they have it recorded. And what they're looking for, or in this case, what they're looking for is, is dirt, or you say something a little offhanded. If I could just, for example, this is just an example here. They could ask me something like this. Well, did you ever delete a photo? I'm like, of, of course I did. Uh, if, a, if a person's eyes are closed, I'm going to delete it. And then it's suddenly like, oh, you're deleting evidence. You're deleting evidence. That's what's going on. Some of these people are Trump appointees that were called to testify, but they were subpoenaed to do that. And then they go through all their emails, scour it through, record everything. And that's what's really going on. It's a it's a kangaroo court here. Yeah, I can see that 100 percent. I mean, now now President Trump is actually calling, saying that he wants to have a hearing or he wants it to go to trial. 
And with it, with it going to trial, you know, the Democrats are like scrambling around because if they do that, then they're going to be able to call witnesses. They're going to be able to expose exactly what the Democrats are doing. And for them, that is a big no, no. <clears throat> so, you know, you're going through the whole subpoena situation. How scared does that make the Democrats if they know that all their records and everything that they've been doing will have to come to the surface? A subpoena is very powerful both ways. It's powerful. You could use it as a weapon against someone, but it's also a subpoena is tremendously, tremendously powerful in getting the truth out. Because if they say we want every single email, they have the emails going both ways. You can't hide really from a subpoena. If they say we want all these emails, you can't say, oh, this is all I have. But because they'll have the record on the other hand. It, a, a subpoena is very, very difficult to escape. It's, it could be used as a powerful weapon against you, but it's a very powerful way to get to the bottom of it and the truth. And you will see that happen if it goes to the Senate. You're going to see it's going to be fun times, I'm telling you. So I'm curious, you're, of course, going around the country doing talks about your book, Trumpography, where you've got amazing photos that you were able to take one on one or at least in a very fascinating situations with President Trump. A lot of firsthand accounts, some good inside baseball in there. But you're going around the country. You're talking with people who ostensibly are friends or fans, rather, of President Trump. What is the temperature of the folks you've been talking to? A lot of the people that I talk to, it's. No one is really worried about this impeachment. We all know, anyone that knows anything about it knows that it's a sideshow. I was watching the impeachment trials, and on CNN it says that they could said it was quid pro quo. It's like, it's amazing the amount. Here, here's something interesting. Um, I'm a big boxing fan, and people say, well, when you have cheating in boxing, what people do, they say, just watch the boxing fight without the sound on. Just just watch what it is and you'll you'll know the truth. It's kind of like that with watching like CNN and other things. Ignore people already that support Trump have been ignoring the mainstream media for a very, very long time. And they're not phased by this at all. Not at all. Yeah, I think that's probably why a lot of their ratings is in the dirt right now, because people are not paying attention to them. That brings me to an interesting question. When you were traveling around with President Trump and he was calling, you know, CNN the very fake news, when 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 you were there and CNN would show up and try to interview them, could you tell how they would try to deliberately attack him versus some of the other media outlets, them along with MSDNC? You saw Donald Trump, President Trump in action. You see him all the time. Even back then, Trump wouldn't take. That's the thing. Trump didn't take anything from these people. When he would, he was the same way back then. When they would do a media scrum, what he would do is he would look right at CNN and he goes, you're fake news. And, and he would call them out. And that's why we all learn to love him. Uh, I cannot even begin to tell you how alternative media today is make, is changing the world. People are starting to see fake media, CNN as what they really are, an extension of the arm of the Democratic Party. I don't think anybody could say otherwise. And uh, thank you so much. I mean, it is alternative media that's getting this out there. So, of course, we're going to have you back for the next segment. But just real quick so we don't forget, tell folks where they can get your book because you've got some amazing, amazing stories in there. You've shared a few of them with us in the past. Yeah, thank you very much. Basically, if you go to my main website, com, that's G-E-N-E-H-O.com, 
and click on the Trumpography link. You can find it there. You can find it in Amazon. But you'll find a different perspective of what Trump is really like that the mainstream media will not talk about. Yeah, they don't want anyone to know about it because they want everyone to think orange man bad. Orange man bad. I'm stealing it from you, Tom. Orange man bad. I guess you stole it from the left. So and I'm stealing it from you. That's kind of like the hearsay. He said, she said, she said, orange man's bad. <laughs> we'll be back. Firepower. I'm Tom Papper, co-hosting with Will Johnson. Our guest is Gene Ho. Gene Ho, of course, was President Trump's photographer on the campaign trail. He has a book out, Trumpography. I cannot recommend it enough. It seems absolutely fascinating. Will, of course, got a copy. Gene was in the studio a couple weeks ago, and we're talking about impeachment. And you mentioned in the last segment that you've been subpoenaed. I, I don't think you've shared this with us before, and I'm guessing it's not to do with this latest impeachment push. So could you just kind of give us some details about what on earth this was for was it part of Mueller, and what did they think they were going to get as a result of doing this uh in connection with uh, robert Mueller, but it was part of something that had to do with some people that were for lack of a better word um maybe you could say attacking or uh involved with uh, the trump campaign Basically, when you're involved with Trump, there's a lot of things that come with the territory with it. But to basically, it wasn't uh, anyone suing me personally, but it was a case that I was involved in, and the pictures told the story of that. But it's interesting, though. When you do get a subpoena, it is a frightening thing, even though you're not getting sued, because I have to go out and get a lawyer. I have to get a lawyer right. on my dime to basically protect me, because if I say something, then I'm on the hook for it. If I say something uh, and it's opposite of what they find, it's, it's not a very fun situation. But I could show I could assure you that if you get a subpoena, that they will get to the bottom of the truth of it, especially on the Trump side of it. Yeah, that's terrible. You know, they they're willing to get anyone around him in his circle and to try to just hurt everybody. And, and the main reason for trying to hurt everyone, because it makes it look like everyone that's surrounded by Trump is doing stuff or something they shouldn't be doing. And that's it, their goal. It, it is exactly what is going on here. They want to cloud everyone around Trump. I mean, it, just take a look at how they did it to Roger Stone. I mean, mm. it was almost the same process because they say, oh, you're lying. You're lying to Congress. It, I am telling you, when you have something and they, they could put the thumb screws on you. Because they say, hey, but you said something like that. You said something like that in one of your emails. So you have to be lying. It's mm. a subpoena is a very difficult thing to uh, have to deal with. It take and twist everything. I'm so glad you brought that up because I was going to ask if there was a comparison between what happened to you and Roger Stone. And it sounds like you were able to. I mean, a photographer, of course, this isn't uh, the 1950s. We don't shoot on film anymore. So a photographer is going to delete photos. And of course, that is basically how they got Roger Stone. Um, so I'm curious. This is something I we're getting a little bit off topic here, but I have something that I've been meaning to ask you every time we have you on the show uh, backstage in the Trump campaign back in 2016. I, I feel like. 
like they probably understood the value of alternative media, independent media, like our sponsor, Infowars. Like, of course, we weren't around yet, but Band.Video. What, um, what alternative platforms was President Trump a fan of back in 2016? Do you know? Well, you have to remember, you have to remember, uh, Alex Jones played a pivotal, pivotal role in getting Trump elected. Everyone remembers him. When he, when Alex Jones had Trump on, on Infowars, it was a big deal. That was a big deal. And Trump, I've heard Trump say it before. He goes, he, like, he doesn't dislike all the media. There was some media there. He always said, they have to treat me fair. That was his criteria, mm-hmm. that they have to be fair. If you could, you could call him out on stuff. I guarantee you, you could call Trump out on stuff, but you have to be fair. And, and some of the media is not fair. CNN is not fair. A lot of these are not fair. But I remember when uh, he went on Alex Jones' show, and I believe Roger Stone had something to do with it, putting that together that I, I, that I know of. But it's, what, what people are trying to do is cloud it. On, on that testimony in the impeachment trial, uh, the ambassador, that was a Trump appointee. But, you know, they see how they twist his words? I mean, they could do the same mm. thing to me if they say, oh, well, uh, suddenly the headline is, uh, Gene Ho deletes evidence. He deleted photos. But that's why you see the whole story when the Republicans cross examination. That that's what's going on. Yes. So what was it? What was um, I guess what was President Trump's demeanor when uh, he would talk about Alex Jones and Infowars during that time? Because, I mean, he had to realize that a lot of people that, you know, support Infowars, our sponsor, was, you know, a big, large chunk of his supporter base in 2016. And I'm willing to bet that is still the same case here. And one of the reasons why they had to get rid of President, uh, listen to me, one of the reasons why they had to get uh, Alex Jones off of these dis- different platforms before the 2020. Oh, do we have a problem with the sound? Looks like so, we, we it looks oh, like we okay. might be having a quick technical difficulty. But of course, where Will was going was uh, uh, what was if if he did, if you ever heard him at least uh, when uh, President Trump would speak about Alex Jones or maybe other folks on Infowars, did that ever come up? And what was that? Uh, what was his demeanor like when he would bring up these people? Well, you know, here's the thing. Um, I was his photographer, but a lot of times I wasn't privy to. I was privy to some meetings. But I wasn't privy mm-hmm. to all the strategy meetings uh, that he might have had. But I do know this. Trump is a big person that brings people together. And one of the big things about alternative media is that he he loves people and he trusts people that what they can do is bring people together. And that's what Trump has done with with just about everybody here. He is a person that works together through all things because he's a businessman. He wants to get people's ideas. And I've asked I seen him uh, ask people for their ideas and he, he brings people together. Right. Do you think it's frustrating for President Trump being that he is from the business world? And, and of course, you're self-employed and own your own business. And, and, you know, you make fast decisions. You get the information you need and then you just boom, it's done. We're going forward with plan A. Uh, we've got plan backup plan ABC in case plan A doesn't work out. Do you think it's frustrating for President Trump to have all of these uh, Congress critters who just take 15 years to make a simple yes or no decision? And uh, do you, how do you think he's navigating that in the Oval Office. Well, one of the things I do know about Trump, and that's why I know that there was no 
uh, forget the collusion thing, but like if there was no any kind of quid pro quo or bribery or anything like that, Trump is a delegator. He will specifically say, I want this, this and that, get it done. And that's how he deals with things. And if, the, if a person takes forever to do it or he doesn't do it uh, quick enough or, or whatever, then they're out. They are out. But the thing with Trump when, when it comes to this is he is absolutely a delegator. And that's why it's like all this testimony that you see in the impeachment trial, it's total junk. They're, they're grasping at straws to try to pin something on him. Yeah. So you can hear me now, right? I think we got my audio yeah, going. Sure. Yep. So I'm it. not sure what it is, what's going on, but um, we're getting ready to go out. So tell everyone exactly how they can connect with you and more about your book as we go out here. Yeah, please check it out because you could see, like I said before, really quick, that if I wrote a, if I could have lied and wrote a negative book about Trump and, and signed a seven figure advance deal, um, my book is called Trumpography. You can find it on Amazon. But if you go to my website, geneho.com, G-E-N-E-H-O.com, you can check out the links there. They'll bring you right to it. So I really appreciate it. Now, I appreciate you coming on with us and talking about your experience with President Trump, because it's one side that you'd never hear about in the liberal media and the liberal media don't want people ever to hear what you're having to say. So thank you for so much for coming on with us and telling your story. Again, we'll have you back on in the future because we love your insight. Firepowernews.com, everyone. Band.video. Band.video. The origins of the Russia probe and what, uh, there's somebody uh, under investigation right now? That's right. Well, this is an investigation that began uh, and was found as part of the uh, the probe that's being done by uh, Michael Horowitz, the Inspector General for the for the Justice Department. And what he found was that there was a, a, an, empl- an employee at the FBI who altered a document that was used in the preparation for one of the FISA warrants, one of the warrants, uh, surveillance warrants that was uh, done against Carter Page, who was the Trump campaign aide. Um, this document, whatever changes were made, uh, was substantive enough to change the meaning of the document. We don't know a lot more about it. We don't know, for instance, whether without this change the FISA would have been approved or, or not. But it, it is a substantive change that was made to this document. And Michael Horowitz confronted uh, this uh, FBI employee during one of the interviews that was done uh, as part of this review. And that person admitted to making that change. So now this is part of a criminal investigation that's being done by John Durham, who is the prosecutor in Connecticut, who was appointed by Bill Barr, the attorney general, to do a, a wide-ranging review of everything that was used, all the intelligence that was gathered to begin what became the Mueller investigation. So, uh, again, this is an altered document. There's a lot we don't know about this employee and what the motivations were, but it, but it is a big deal, obviously, for you to make a, a, a change to a document, to alter it in any way, and that's why it's So FBI agents under investigation, it's clearly this is going to reverberate and provide ammunition to the president and his allies that this whole Russia investigation w- was criminally wrong. Uh, exactly. I mean, look, this is exactly what uh, people close to the president have been saying, that uh, the FBI committed wrongdoing in starting this investigation. And so uh, the question now, of, obviously, is is what are the details are, are going to be part of the, the Horowitz report that's going to be released on December 9th, and, and how much political hay the, the president's allies are going to make about it. Well, let me bring Preet Bharara, the uh, former U.S. Uh-oh. attorney for the Southern District of New York. What's your reaction, Preet? Well, that's kind of an alarming uh, bit of news. Uh Uh-oh. 
Someone's in trouble. You know, they're going to release this Pfizer report. And I, I, I truly believe that once they release this Pfizer report, we're going to see something that's going to come up, some kind of crisis, Tom, some kind of event. Something's going to take place to try to distract everyone from what they just released. And they're going to try to make it to where no one pays attention to it. And now we're getting the reports to where the FBI changed some documentation. How do we know they didn't change documentation from the get-go? The whole Pfizer report. How did it get to the Pfizer courts in the first place? I think well, I think it's about to stir the whole pot. So, Will, I actually have a source who uh, is connected to some D.C. folks who has told me a little bit, and we'll see. This will be the test to see how accurate this source is. But I've been told what to expect with the FISA warrant is they're going to blame the media. So expect to see that the media, perhaps CNN, one of these uh, outlets, instructed or asked their contact at the FBI to make these changes. And they did so CNN or whatever outlet could then run with it. You notice CNN was very distraught reading that, like, oh, no, this may Create, uh, this may create some some hay for the president and his team. They may be able to use this against the Democrats. But I fully expect the entire FISA report, the Inspector General report, December 9th. Thank God it's finally coming out. They've been teasing us for feels like eons at this point. But I fully expect uh, we will not see the deep state fry for this, as we should. I think that the entire report is going to be aimed at the mainstream media. This is what my source has told me, uh, giving me some evidence and throwing around some names that I will not repeat, but I believe it's going to be an opportunity to see exactly how corrupt the media is, the uh, influence the media holds over the FBI and over other members of the deep state, and I think that this is going to be... uh, Now, here's what I am concerned about, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not saying there's going to be a a false flag, but I am very concerned, and I would never call for violence, Will. You know that about me. But what I'm concerned about is that, to what you were saying earlier, there may be an an uprising, an emergency, a terrible event. I would be very, very concerned that in the next uh, month we may see events that happen against major media outlets, Mm. CNN, MSNBC, etc., to cast them or that would result in casting them as the victim in all of this. (laughs) Yes, victims. They like to play the victims and then they like to tell people who are the who who can be the victim. (laughs) You know, and (laughs) you know, what? seriously, on a serious note. I think the, the, the post will release it December 9th, if I'm not mistaken. They're going to release it December 9th. And between now and then, or right after they release it, I'm not going to be surprised one bit if something happens and then, and then all of a sudden our attention is diverted. Now, I don't want anything to happen. I really would like for all this to end. You know, can you imagine? And we've said it before, if they could, if President Trump could get only 10 percent, just 10 percent of the, you know, of the Democrats to do nothing, Democrats to do their job. Imagine how much better it would be. Imagine if he if he got 100 percent. My God, this country would just be flourishing beyond belief. They was, but see, they have to fight him every step of the way to try to prevent him from helping the American people, from making America look good, from from making America greater than it has ever been. And this actually still happening with them fighting him. 
So you have to, you know, you have to ask yourself, why are they doing that? What the, re- the reason why they're doing it? We all know the reason why they're doing it. They're doing it because they hate them and because they lost in the 2016 election. So, Tom, there's a video where, you know, Obama gave blankets to the Ukrainian people and President Trump gave aid, actual aid, so that they can protect themselves from the Russians. So if he's if he's a Russian operative, why would he give them aid in the first place? Why wouldn't he just give them more blankets? You know, well, I mean, not seriously, a very good Russian agent. Will he's just not very good at it. Not he's, very effective. He's yes, sanctions on Russia. He's giving people weapons to fight Russia. He's destroying their economies. Uh, Putin is not getting his money's worth. Will. Exactly. He's not a good, he's not a good Russian agent and he's not a good white supremacist. He's bad at all of them. So <laughs> let's go to this video where you can see where the Ukrainian soldiers receive the aid from President Trump. This one is number Tank. So it basically it creates a deterrent from the Russian soldiers to driving with the tanks to, to attack the Ukrainian government to the, attack the country. This is what President Trump did. President Trump put this out so that they can protect themselves, but they don't like it. They hate it. They, and with him doing this, what they call them uh, javelins, javelins. They're called javelins, and they're actually very interesting. I mean, it's like this big rocket comes out of their shoulder from their shoulder launcher and it goes in and hits the tank and destroys the tank. Some of it, some of the tanks are very, uh, strong, but these javelins will destroy them. And then the Russians don't like the fact that President Trump did this. So how was he a Russian operative, Tom? <laughs> well, he's been very bad at it, like I was saying. I mean, he's, uh, he's, he's done insane sanctions against Russia that I think are too, too much, too high, too, it's too punitive, frankly. He's, uh, barely been able to meet with Putin. His foreign policy is diametrically opposed to Putin. What he did with the Kurds is forcing Russia to become involved in the Middle East since, for the first time since they were the Soviet Union, since it destroyed the Soviet Union, Afghanistan, the graveyard of empires. He is now selling weapons to the people who, I mean, Russia is invading Ukraine. They are still in the process. They're still fighting. They're still mad about, uh, is this our side of the border? Is this your side of the border? They're still yeah. fighting there. So if President exactly. Trump is a Russian agent, I guess Putin <laughs> must really, really hate Russia. He must want to see Russia fall because that's exactly. the only solution. In fact, I wish that President Trump would be a little bit nicer to Russia. Maybe we could get Russia to help us out against China, but that's not what's happening. So, yes, uh, President Trump gave them the weapons, the munitions, the very highly advanced weapons, by the way, that they need to fight back against Russia. President yeah, absolutely. Obama wouldn't. So normally we take phone calls. Maybe we can get one person to give us a call. 888-201-2244 if you want to call in and talk to us. All right. 888-201-2244. We'll be back.
All right, welcome back. It is Friday evening. You know, typically we like to take phone calls during the last uh, hour or the last hour of the week and hear from the people and hear your opinion about things that took place during the week and the different videos that we're playing. But we're going to take this last couple minutes here, the last segment here, and take your phone calls if we can squeeze some in here. So let's go with Travis from New York. You there, Travis? Um, I just wanted to mention that I got Gene Ho's book. Uh, it's a beautiful book, and that everyone should pick it up with the people they love. And the thing I wanted to talk about uh, the most was uh, Sam Tripoli getting banned this week. And uh, I know that Alex reached out to him. I don't know if you guys offered him a spot in band.video. But um, I think this the censorship has gotten ridiculous with Trump. And the way I feel personally is that we don't support him until he supports us because you know, we, we got him elected in 2016, and he's just letting us hang out to dry. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I can understand you. I understand what you're saying there, but how much can President Trump actually do, you know, going to a, a business? Now, I'm not giving a pass to Facebook, Twitter, you know, YouTube, Google, Apple. I'm not giving a pass to them for censoring people. Yeah. But how does President Trump go to a privately owned business and tell them how to run their business? Yeah, I mean, uh, he's, I you see, that, you see my point. He's like, he's like stuck in between a, a rock and a hard place. I mean, how does he do that? I mean, I don't, we don't like it. I think if the only thing I can suggest that could do is tell people to go onto a certain platform. Well, uh, I think well to your point, Kyler, I mean, I think that they're, go ahead. As a publisher, though, at this point, and once you act as a publisher, you don't get that. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. that's one of the main talking points that a lot of folks, and I'll kind of expand on that for you. Uh, there's Section 230, it's all very boring, Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. It's an ancient law from the late 1990s that gives Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all of these social media platforms a, a little special legal privilege where they are neither a, a publisher nor are they a uh, an open forum, a public forum. So they use this to skirt the First Amendment. But, I mean, you have Facebook Watch, you have YouTube. YouTube curating, you have Twitter curating, we have uh, uh, Tim Cook, the Tim Apple, the loser on video saying that people want a curated experience. So you have virtually all of these companies basically admitting they're a publisher. They've said it in legal documents that they're a publisher. So I think a lot of folks are in your position. And I just want to ask you, you know, you look and you see all of the people that, for instance, Ben Shapiro called alt-right in 2016, Alex Jones, Gavin McInnes, Milo Yiannopoulos, the whole group of them, they've all been banned from all social media. Now, meanwhile, you have people like Ben Shapiro, like Charlie Kirk, all these people who were very much anti-Trump in 2016. They're now getting rich talking about President Trump all day and pretending like they're a supporter. What do you think of that, caller? Well, I don't know. People are going to do what they're going to do, but I just want to get back to the point that, uh, you know, I think we need to put the pressure on Trump. He's obviously the best person for the job at this point, but the, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Uh, the amount of support that we've given the man and we're just hanging out to dry. I don't know. I, it just feels, you know, we hit Gene Hona on there and 
he was talking about how, oh, yeah, he acknowledged it and everything, but it feels like, I don't know, it just feels like we've just been used this entire time. And, I, I mean, at this point, I'll vote for him, but pretty reluctantly, you know, because mm. I've been sticking with you guys. I love you guys. And when they always got banned, I doubled down, you know, supporting you guys, but it just feels ridiculous at this point, you know? No, nah, I mean, I completely, I mean, I hear what you're saying and you know what? It does feel that way. It feels like our hands are tied. He's the president of the United States. He should be able to go to these companies and tell them, say, Hey, look, please cut it out. I mean, because they're yeah. shutting, they're shutting people down because they, they disagree with them, not because people are calling for violence. It's simply because they disagree. They want to remove him from the different social media platforms. In Alex Jones' case, they had to remove him because they saw how powerful he was getting the American people to rally behind President Trump during the 2016 election and to make Hillary Clinton, you know, look the way she truly was, which is an evil hag, my opinion. Hey, Carla, I want to thank you for the call. All right, let's go. Thank you so much. Let's go to Nathan from Vancouver. How you doing, Nathan? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vancouver Island, Canada. Thanks very much. Uh, the uh, this week's Democratic uh, debates uh, preach about unity, right? Well, if the hard left would love the Constitution and and truly define freedom and mm. the United States of America and its borders as much as they hate conservatives mm. and the duly elected. <laughs> Donald John Trump, there might be a meeting of minds. Well, you know what? I would I would agree with you on that. But we all have come to the realization that the Democrats want to remove the U.S. Constitution and rewrite the Bill of Rights. I mean, that's that's their goal. They when it just just the other day where Obama was saying that, hey, you guys, you need to calm down. Don't be so far leftist. Don't be so radical. Uh, don't try to tear down the system. Them tearing down the system is them tearing up the U.S. Constitution. Yeah, and I think that's he, right. I mean, if these people would just love America just a little bit, imagine how much <laughs> we could get done. Exactly. It's not the business Democrats. It's not the business Democrats who uh, are okay with the First and Second Amendment and and borders. You, you know that uh, sorry to use the term flyover country. It, those Democrats are probably questioning, saying, "Well, I'll vote Trump if he's for borders." I hope. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of Democrats are starting to realize, and I've seen it on on social media where they're saying that these Democrats are just taking it too far with the impeachment. And then they're like watching the debates and they're like, none of them are providing anything that that would make me want to vote for them. Because the most of them on this stage, uh, uh, minus Tom, Tom Steyer, which he's not going to make it anywhere, but most of them on the stage have have careers in politicians that have done anything. So, hey, I want to thank you for the call, caller. Thank you so much. Good night. All right. Let's go to Liz. How you doing, Liz? Stranger. Hey. How you doing? Good. It's Friday. Hey, I got Gene's book. He actually even sent you a text message to let you know. I got Gene's book the last time he was on, talking about his book. And I got the book. I love the book. I only wish it had more pictures in it. <laughs> but I, it it's fantastic. It's, it's phenomenal. I would love to have him sign it. 
Um, but I don't know how I would get it to him to do that. But, um, yeah, fantastic, fantastic, fantastic book. And as far as the other guy goes, the first caller, John uh -huh. has um, an 88022 is a text, and you get text from him. And that may end up what we end up doing. If Trump gets tired of messing with these platforms, he may end up starting to text us all and have conference calls. You know, It's quite calls. possible. And, you know, and that's a possibility. Uh, it's quite possible. Know, you know, he's got to keep the faith, you know. What today may be completely different tomorrow, okay? And he's just got to keep the faith. Trump is doing what Trump has to do. And I'll be honest with you. I honestly really, really kind of hope that they take Trump to trial, too, because I want all this dirt to come out. And then they, don't, they can't say, oh, well, you lied to Congress. It's going to be more than that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. the, the penalties are going to be much, much higher, especially oh, yeah. for people like shit. God help him if he lied in a court of law. Oh, he, he oh, oh, you know, he's already lied. How could he not lie? I mean, they should be held accountable for sitting up there on the hill lying to the American people. I mean, there's no excuse for it. So, but hey, Liz, thank you for calling. Thank you for the call. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye. All, right. All right, you too. All right, Tom, another Friday. We're at the end of the week. And like I always say, it's been an honor and a privilege. And I'm blessed to be on here with you and to do this with you on a nightly basis. And I truly mean that. Uh, I love your insight. My wife, she said, I love when Tom brings his information onto there. So uh, I love it. And I thank you for uh, being here with me. Uh, well, we will be you, here Lord. Monday. It's a pleasure. Yeah. So we will be here Monday, everyone. God's willing. God's willing, we will be here Monday. All right? Firepowernews.com, Bandot Video. God bless you. God bless President Trump. And God bless America. We will see you next Monday. Bandot Video. Infowarstore.com. Show some love, please.